Pink Whale, and that's Garage. <laughs> Well, hello, Pinkies. How's everyone today? This is the Fade Driver. Today, I'm doing a garage episode because we've had several things come up on the uh, on the uh, Twitter uh, vehicle-related that I would like to talk about. So, first, I'll tell you about my conditions. It is minus 10 Celsius. You'll have to figure out what that is in Fahrenheit because I have no idea but it is well below freezing and it's actually snowing at the moment um, and uh, and uh, so I'm going into town in the big truck in my big four-wheel drive uh, uh, Dodge Ram diesel so we're going to talk about four-wheel drive versus all-wheel drive now I'm in four-wheel drive right at this very moment because I actually don't have real winter tires I have a uh, sort of an all-round. I have a lovely BF. What are they? Uh, the Michelin Defender um, tires on, and they're a mud and snow-rated, you know, tire. I, I'm I'm right. I wouldn't call it an all-season. It's definitely, but it's not an all. It's not a snow tire. Uh, but they're excellent tires. I love these tires. So. The other factor is, in a pickup truck, the back ends are very, very light. So, uh, you know, this truck will just spin. It has a lot of torque, too, because it's got the diesel engine in it. So, the wheels will spin in this vehicle at very low speeds. So, now let's talk, we're going to talk about the difference between all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive, and whether you should have four-wheel drive on if you're in a four-wheel drive vehicle in the, when it, when it is snowing in the, when you're driving in the snow so now I'll just tell you what I just did my driveway is uh, like hard packed snow it's about a hundred feet long that I have to get through in the hard packed snow um, and then I have a road that I got to take to get to the highway and that's all hard packed snow so there's you know there's right now I'm I'm driving on snow snowy roads um, so I used four-wheel drive to get out of my driveway because I'd never be able to get out of my driveway in two-wheel drive in this truck um, and then uh, when I get out to the more well-groomed road I turn off the four-wheel drive because um, the well-groomed road, I'm going to be going on the highway here in about three minutes, the well-groomed road is bare pavement with a very slight layer of snow on it, possibly some ice, I'm not sure. Um, so in my four-wheel drive, this is, a, this is a like when you put it in four-wheel drive, full-time four-wheel drive, this is a mechanical four-wheel drive. Their gears, the gears mesh. Uh, I have a switch here. I flip the switch to four-wheel drive. It's all servo. So it's an electric servo that moves a gear in the transfer case to connect the front drive shaft to the rear drive shaft and everything is all connected by physical gears like hard 
you know, steel gears connected to steel gears. And then a drive shaft goes to the front, uh, front differential. There's all gears in the front differential. So driving a four-wheel drive, a mechanical four-wheel drive on uh, a hard paved road, like I'm actually on right now, is very bad for the four-wheel drive because there's so much tension in that four-wheel drive system, all those gears and differentials and everything, that it really causes a lot of wear on the um, on all of the gears in the four-wheel drive system. I just got to change my air conditioning here. Um, I know I'm not running air conditioning. I'm just changing the flow to the windshield. Get some flow on my windshield. Um, so uh, now I'm you know I'm driving very tenderly because I'm going over this this hill snowy covered road covered half gravel half pavement uh 440 foot drop uh corners here <laughs> but i do not have my four-wheel drive on um and you'll, you'll you'll get a lot of tension in your four-wheel drive system if you're driving in four-wheel drive on the highway um or on the on a hard paved road at high speeds Four-wheel drive is great on slippery surfaces because that tension is allowed, is able to relieve itself on the slipperier sections of the snow. You know, snow is very slippery, so using four-wheel drive on a snow-covered road is great, or sand or gravel, uh, because the the all of that tension is really absorbed by the loose sand. So. So that's a four-wheel drive, mechanical four-wheel drive. Now let's talk about all-wheel drive in a modern car. All-wheel drive, I'm just getting out onto the highway here. Now I'm on hard, dry pavement. So my four-wheel drive is off and we're off on the highway. Um, an all-wheel drive car uh, it, made in the last 15 or 20 years even, is uh, a very different system. Uh, an all-wheel drive car is not always sending power to all four wheels. Most all-wheel drive cars typically only send power to the front wheel drive, front wheels in many systems. They're, they're front wheel biased. And all these computers and everything sense when some of the wheels are spinning and then they will engage the various clutches and torque converters and all the all the mechanical uh, stuff to activate and to send or to shunt power to the other drive wheels the the non-standard drive wheels so most all-wheel drive cars rarely use the all-wheel all the wheels to power the car they um, they primarily use, uh, you know, one set of wheels. Most often the front front wheels, and in some cases the rear wheels. Uh, like my Porsche is an all-wheel drive. It's a rear drive biased with the front wheel drive. We're not going to talk about that. That's that's a that that all-wheel drive system does not apply. Um, so, you know, 
that is a system, an all-wheel drive system is a system that manages itself. And in some cases, you can maybe flip a switch and, and force your car to go into four-wheel drive. For instance, the Subarus have a very good... A lot of the Subarus, like uh, Ranger John's Lovely Daniel, Lovely Daniel has a Subaru of some kind, and uh, uh, his all-wheel drive system is like top-notch. So, uh, uh, and, and in some cases, you can force the the, for, the all-wheel drive system to act as an as a four-wheel drive system, where you where you um, manually engage the four the the all-wheel drive clutches so that all the wheels turn. So there was something going around on Twitter. Uh, I, I believe uh, Casey in Denver may have brought this up. And thanks to the enormous podcast boys for the mention in the last their last show. Turn down my seat heat a bit. Um, the question was: there, Someone put a, a a graphic up on the news that said, "Here's what you should do in snowy conditions: Don't drive in four-wheel drive." <laughs> um, and so here's the thing. This was a news bite thing. Keep a candle in your car and and uh, have a full tank of gas and don't use your four wheel drive in the snow. Well, that's a bit ludicrous. But the the problem is when people have four wheel drive or even all wheel drive on their car, they immediately assume that they're superhuman and that they can do anything. Oh, I can go anywhere in the snow. I can drive as fast as I want because I have four-wheel drive. Well, that is a fallacy because the four-wheel drive is will only help you in getting, a, getting moving, getting acceleration, uh, going through slippery or slick conditions and getting some motion happening to enable yourself to go forward. Um, The four-wheel drive system is of no value when you're trying to slow down or stop or even in some cases, you know, turn corners uh, and maintain, you know, a certain direction on the road. Uh, Because the four-wheel drive system only works when you're sending power to the wheels. If you try to stop with your four-wheel drive system, it has no benefit over a non-four-wheel drive system in the ability to stop, and in some cases in the ability to turn. So uh, that's probably why the TV news program recommended don't, you know, don't drive in four-wheel drive. They're trying to not let people think that just because you have four-wheel drive means you're invincible. Um, and then I also mentioned in my response to that tweet is I find in my four-wheel drive truck when I have my four-wheel drive engaged my mechanical full four-wheel drive and I'm going down a, a steep and slippery and cornery hill like I have in my area that uh, if I am too aggressive on the uh, the uh, the braking the engine braking effect from the engine causes the drive wheels to slow down and if all four of your wheels are drive wheels then you could be imparting a skid to all four of the wheels 
this is this is one situation where I will typically flip off my four-wheel drive when I'm going down a slippery, icy, curvy hill so that my steering, the front wheels, which are steered now and have no power, will be able to, um, you know, continue to maintain their grip and not be compromised. The grip isn't compromised by the wheel wanting to break itself. And I got another tip for you too. If you're driving in the snow and you're you feel like you're going to smash into the person in front of you or you're going down a hill and it's very slippery and you feel like you're losing control, just knock your car into neutral. Just pop it into neutral. And by doing that, you remove the driving force of the wheels. In many automatic cars, you know, when it's in drive, there's always a force being put onto the drive wheels to make you go forward. And that force of, you know, that creep that happens could be pushing you into places you don't want to be, like the rear end of a vehicle on an, at an icy intersection. So a good tip is to use neutral as your friend when you're driving in winter conditions um, and uh, just use your brakes carefully and judiciously to slow yourself <clears throat> uh, in, in, a, in some of these certain situations. So. I think that's all I want to say about the four-wheel drive. Um, I also want to talk now about uh, the e-ethanol fuels. Now, Scotty the Little Aussie Battler had a question about ethanol fuels. I'm going to get that up while I'm driving in the snowy weather. Uh, Happy New Year. Hey, driver. It's Scotty, your Aussie Battler. Today is the 3rd of January, 2022. Listen and car question. So I just noticed the stickers on my petrol cap for Felix, the Ford Focus. Uh, I just sent you a tweet about this, by the way. And it says on the sticker that I can use ethanol petrol. Right. E5, which I've never seen in Australia, and E10, which does exist in Australia. So, listen, it's the ethanol petrol is about 20% less than the 95 run petrol that uh, I'm supposed to use in the car. So, what's wrong with it, really? Are you just being an old fuddy-duddy <laughs> stickler in the mud like Big Fatty or Adam Burns? Yes. Is there really anything wrong with a dash of ethanol in your petrol tank? because Felix is expensive to keep filling up. Right. Okay, thanks. Have a great year. Thank you. Same to you. So, yes, Scotty. Now, I am not a fan of ethanol fuels, although in many cases, in many situations, uh, you, you, you really don't have a choice unless you go to the high test, the high, the expensive uh, fuels, which won't have ethanol. But depending on where you are in North America, you could have... Uh, ethanol, uh, a portion of ethanol fuel put into the fuel in your low grade, your what do they call it? Uh, your uh, regular unleaded and mid grade unleaded could have ethanol, and they don't actually they they don't actually fess up to it. They just say may contain ethanol, and in here in my country, uh, it's typically we call it E eighty five. 
which is 15% of the fuel of the, you know, the whatever's in that fuel is, is ethanol-based. So let's talk about ethanol. Ethanol is um, uh, uh, natural-based alcohol fuel. So it's, it's, you know, typically it's corn. It's fuel which is created from corn. Um, and ethanol came into play somewhere in the 70s, I think, when the, the, the farmers in the U.S. and probably in Canada were like, come on, man, we can't make any living. you got to help us out. And so the government said, okay, I'll tell you what, if you make ethanol fuel with your, the corn that you can't, can no longer sell, we'll, give, we'll buy that ethanol fuel from you and we'll make everybody put it in their gas. <laughs> so that's how ethanol fuel came about. The problem with ethanol fuel is that um, it is, it's very corrosive on some of the parts of your engine. Um, it's corrosive to things like the rubber fuel lines or the rubber, you know, there's all kinds of rubber things that uh, uh, deliver fuel to your engine. There is zinc and aluminum. Uh, a lot of the things in our cars these days are made out of zinc and aluminum and ethanol is uh, very corrosive to that kind of stuff. The other thing is ethanol is a water attractant. It, it loves water. So if water is introduced, which is into your fuel tank, which is very easy, can very easily happen because, you know, there's all kinds of moisture all over the place. Um, so you can easily get moisture into your fuel tank. Uh, even on a rainy day um, and that ethanol loves to glom onto those water molecules and um, and then that those water molecules go into your pistons and uh, you know water in in the combustion process is not good because water does not compress and you want things in your piston that compress, like gasoline and air. This is how, how everything, how thing, how the, how the combustion process works. We compress the air, we ignite it, and we make a big explosion. And when you have a non-compressible uh, compound, such as water, in your piston, uh, you're not your piston, in your cylinder, I should say, uh, that can really damage the cylinder and the valves. And these valves are made out of soft material, like zinc and aluminum and the blocks are made out of aluminum with uh you know with uh, uh, metal inserts in them so there's a lot of things in your engine that are that do not like ethanol fuel now in recent years manufacturers have said you know what don't worry about the ethanol because the government says you guys got to put this ethanol in these in these in this uh, um, in this fuel, uh, so the car manufacturers are like, yeah, but your ethanol is ruining our engines. So, you know, more modern engines are apparently are made with materials that are less prone to damage from these ethanol um, the, the, these ethanol compounds. So. Uh, that is why your car says it'll take E5 or E10, meaning 5% or 10% ethanol in your fuel, um, because the car manufacturer has, you know, tried to make these 
these components of the engine more impervious to the ethanol. But still, I would say avoid ethanol fuel if you if you can, because it's it's not it's 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 got it's not good. It's not good for your engine. It's not good for the fuel tank. It's not good for the fuel delivery system. Um, so I would recommend just staying away from it if you can. Um, unless you're you know if you're only going to own this car for two or three years, then I would say sure go ahead use ethanol. Um, or like you know, use it once a month. Uh, you know, one ethanol tank for every four tanks. I would say you might want to do, um, but I would discourage you for the, all these various reasons from from putting ethanol into your system. All right, I'm gonna stop there. I have a whole lot more things to say about this, but I think that's enough for now. I am the Faye Driver. You can email me at podcast at Pink Wheel Nuts if you have a car question. Um, and uh, thank you for listening.